singers and musicians. I failed to mention um, in our prayer request, but please keep Texas and Louisiana, all of those um, that are in the path of this double hurricane. Um, it doesn't look too good, uh, but we know that the Lord is able to either turn the storm or keep them in the midst of it. Amen. So please keep all of them in your prayers. Hopefully you have your word tonight. Uh, if you do, go ahead and turn to Mark. We're still there. Uh, Mark chapter 11. Uh, tonight we're going to be in verses 22 through 26. Uh, again, I always try to get, uh, I guess, overly ambitious and thinking that I'm going to cover more than, than I really am. But we've got to set goals, right? <laughs> uh, but tonight I'm excited. I'm excited about this passage of Scripture. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, I'm sure it is of yours uh, as well, but I'm going to go ahead and start reading Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 26. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall say unto, that whosoever shall say unto these mountains, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Again, a very uh, familiar text tonight, uh, but don't let that keep you from receiving what the Lord has. Uh, a lot of times we think, oh, we've heard this before. I, I've said this weekend and week out. Uh, but the Lord always has something new for us. He's always looking for a way to reveal himself in a way that maybe he never has before. So tonight, uh, right now, you should be praying, Lord, enlighten the eyes of my understanding, Lord. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Give me uh, true understanding of what this word means, Lord, to me in my life right now. And if you'll do that with a sincere heart, the Lord will open this word up to you like never before. Now, before we really get into it, I want to just back up um, a week. I wasn't here last week. I had a neck injury going on. But I want to back up and remind you of what had just happened the previous day before this account happened. Uh, Jesus had cursed the fig tree. Um, and he said that no one should ever eat of it forever from that tree. He was so angry. He was so disgusted. He saw the leaves in the distance. He went to the fig tree thinking he was going to find fruit. But when he got there, there was no fruit, only leaves. So now here we are the next day after that. that uh, this uh, portion of scripture is on Tuesday. That was on Monday. This is on Tuesday that the curse was um, uh, the curse was pronounced on Monday by Jesus, and now they're passing by the tree again. Uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 20 and 21, I just want to read it uh, as to what happened. It said, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. 
And Peter, calling to remember it, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Now I want to read verse uh, 23 again because it goes in context right here. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall... No, I'm sorry, Vanessa. I got ahead of myself. I'm not going to do that one right now. So now here we are the next day. We very quickly realized that the disciples were amazed, now get this, that the tree actually withered from the roots up. They were amazed. They were actually amazed that the tree did exactly as Jesus commanded it to do, which tells us something very revealing about these disciples. They lacked faith to what the word of the Lord could do. The Lord Jesus himself spoke to that fig tree, cursed it, that it would wither from the roots up, which never happened. Normally a tree would die from the top down. But it, he spoke those words. The disciples saw the result of those words, and they were astonished. They were amazed, which shows us clearly they lacked faith in the Word of God. Our problem today. Fast forward 2,000 years. Still the same problem. We lack faith in the words of Almighty God. Where is our faith? Tonight, the title for my message is Have Faith in God. Very simple, a very simple message, but it is the hardest thing for the believer to do. We read the words of Christ. We, we see examples over and over again. We've had the Lord do things in our own lives, in the lives of our family, and yet we doubt the word of God. We doubt the word of God. Jesus simply tells them, have faith in God. Hear me tonight, it's impossible to overemphasize the need and importance of faith in our lives. But not just any faith, faith in God. Everybody has some degree, some level of faith. You've heard us use the example before. You have faith when you sit down in a chair that the chair is going to hold you up. Now, if my boys have been around... You might should doubt that faith. Years ago, many, many years ago, they would play pranks on their great-grandmother and take the bolts out of her chair so that when she sat down, she'd fall on the floor. And she would just laugh. She thought that was the funniest thing. But you have faith. You have faith that when you sit down in the chair, the chair is going to hold you, right? So it's not talking about just have faith. Oh, well, you just got to have faith. No, where is your faith placed? Where is your faith anchored? And Jesus is taking this opportunity to, to hit this hard, to nail this, uh, put the nail in the coffin, I guess, so to speak, on what is true faith. Where is our faith? What does faith produce in our lives? And these are things that, that we need to know for ourselves because I'm going to tell you, without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to make it in this world. 
You might think you're making it, but you're just barely getting by and you're miserable absolutely miserable. I watch the news. I, I, I read posts on Facebook, and, and I don't understand how one can maintain sanity without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I don't know how they do it with all that's going on. It, it's beyond me. But right here, when Jesus says, have faith in God, when you search that um, phrase out, it actually means to have the faith of God in the Greek. That's the kind of faith that I want, the faith of God. Do you realize who we're talking about tonight? We're talking about the one who spoke creation into existence. That's the kind of faith that I want. I don't know about you. I'm assuming that's the kind of faith that you want tonight, but that's the kind of faith that Jesus just commanded the disciples to have. Have faith in God. Have faith in the word of Almighty God, meaning we don't need your opinions. We don't need your thoughts, your two cents. We need the word of Almighty God because the word of Almighty God is sure. It's true. It cannot fail. So when we have faith in that word and we're speaking that word, we are assured victory in our lives. And we need to develop that kind of faith. You must know and understand that God has chosen to operate his work from the basis of faith, not from anything else. And in the church, a lot of times we get that messed up. We think we have to do certain things to gain favor with the Lord. No, it's faith, simple, childlike faith. You don't have to come to church every time the door is open. I want you to. I'm going to be here, so I want you to be here. But you don't have to. The Lord's not up there. Oh, they miss church today. You're getting an X by their name. No. I want you to pray every day. I want you to read your Bible every day. But if you don't, you still are saved. You still are in uh, relationship with the Lord. It's all where is our faith? Where is your faith placed? If it's not anchored in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you're not getting anywhere fast. Because that's the only faith that the Lord accepts. Simple, childlike faith. And for time's sake, we can't go back and revisit all that we've talked about uh, in Mark. Uh, Jesus called the, the little children to come to him. And he says, unless you become like this little child, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He, he's constantly taking them back to these lessons that he's taught them. We know, I want to remind you, this is the Passion Week. This is the week leading up to his crucifixion. This is Tuesday of the week. And at this point, the disciples still lack faith in the words of Christ. Wow. You know, sometimes we, we're hard on the disciples. We read these stories and we think, how in the world could they lack faith? They, were, they walked with Jesus. They were with him 24 hours a day for three and a half years. They were with him. And yet the week before he's going to what he's told them the entire time, they still lack faith. 
Same is true for us. The same is true for us. We come into services. We had powerful services this past weekend. The Lord moved mightily, but yet I dare say there's not one of us that hasn't had doubt or fear or worry or something to that effect creep into our hearts since Sunday. Why? Because we live in this world. We're still in the flesh, and that's going to happen. But what do you do with that? You take it to the cross. You give it to the Lord, and you say, Lord, I can't do this. Let faith arise, Lord. I I have faith in you, Lord, that you've already taken care of this. You've already made a way when there seemed to be no way. A lot has happened since Sunday. A lot has happened since Sunday. That's why our relationship with the Lord is a daily walk with the Lord. You can't live on the faith that you had Sunday. You need to renew it each and every day. And that's exactly what Jesus is showing them. Have faith in the word of God. But it's not just enough one time. Each and every day, your faith needs to be renewed. See, faith is such a key in the life of God's people. Jesus didn't perform many of the miracles because of a lack of faith of the people. Sometimes he even made the unbelieving people leave. Remember the story of uh, Jairus' daughter? He told him to get out. He was not going to perform a miracle until unbelief left the house. I encourage you, and I wish it just left my mind, Jason Stidham preached a, one of the first messages that I ever heard him preach, a powerful message about a pastor who came in, came behind the pulpit, and just began to, to weep, to sob, and sat down and was praying. This goes on for 30 minutes. Doesn't even say a word to the congregation. An hour goes by. He's still just sitting on the platform, his head in his hands, not saying a word. Just praying. Two hours go by. Gets to the third hour. People were getting up and leaving because all the pastors doing who they thought they were going to come in, sit down. He was going to preach them a sermon. They were going to get up and leave. And all he's doing is sitting on the altar praying and crying. It's all but one family left in the church. He raises his head and he says, Now the Lord can do what he wants to do. Unbelief is gone. And the, the child was healed, the, the family that remained. The child was in desperate need of a healing. The Lord touched him. Unbelief has got to go. Unbelief has no place in the life of a believer. Why? Because it stops the work of the Lord. It stops it in its track. It's not that God is not able. It's we've got to get ourselves to a place to believe that he is. We can say it all day long, but when you're faced with something, when you're faced with a situation, a circumstance, do you really believe? Even when everything is going wrong, to the eye it looks impossible, but that's what the Lord operates in, impossibilities. That's just setting things up in our own lives for him to come in. And and he gets all the credit for it. Because we know there was no way that we could do it. Only he could do this. And he gets all the credit for it. So faith is key in the life of the believer. So the ingredient uh, to God 
And that which will please God is faith in God, in his word alone. We know this scripture, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Now, I want to draw your attention to that word, diligently. Does the word diligently just mean here and there? No. It means you don't stop until the Lord moves. You diligently seek him. That's the kind of faith that he is expecting from his children. That's the kind of faith that he commands us to have, to diligently seek him. I dare say that most believers are living well below where they should be spiritually. Why? Because that word diligently, uh, we don't like it. It messes with our schedule. It messes with our agenda, our plan. Guys, now is not the time to have weak faith. We've got to diligently seek him each and every day. You've got lost loved ones in your family. You should be diligently seeking the Lord. See, faith doesn't deny the obvious. Even though you see this person is lost in their behavior, their lifestyle, but you are believing by faith that they are going to be saved, and you believe each and every day for them. You don't stop. You can't stop. Why? Because souls are at stake. I'm glad people didn't stop praying for me. You should be thankful that people didn't stop praying for you. And by the way, still pray for me. I take all the prayer I can get. But especially when you're seeking the Lord for someone's soul, for salvation. We know that it goes on, Hebrews 11, uh, 1 and 2. says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm telling you what faith is. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I just had this conversation with Gemma yesterday on our way to Sam's. Again, she was saying, you know, I want to feel the Lord. Well, she just turned 10. And I'm having this conversation with her riding down the road. But, Mama, I want to feel the Lord. I said, but, Gemma, that's not faith. Faith is we believe when we don't feel it. We believe when we don't see it. I encouraged her to the truth that the Lord is growing your faith. You still believe him, right, Gemma? You still love him even though you don't feel it. Yeah, I still believe him. That's faith. That's faith. That's how the Lord builds our faith. If we saw everything immediately, we would have no faith. That's not faith at all. I just told you what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's faith. You look at your lost loved one and you see them as saved for the glory of God. That's how you look at them. It's not that you're denying the, 
the obvious, denying the truth. But you have faith that soon and very soon, one day they're going to come in to the family of God. One man puts it like this, faith is not knowing God can, but faith is believing God will. And there's a big difference because a lot of times, especially in the church, we can believe for somebody else. Oh, well, I know the Lord will do that for them because they've got great faith. I know, he can, I know he can do that. I know he can. But we've got to get to that place where we're believing that he will. Lord, you are going to do this. You take it back to the word. You use the word of God. That's why he gave it to us, so that we could speak the word of God. We could stand on the word of God. There is a huge difference in that. Now, verse 23. I'm ready for that verse. For verily I say unto you that... Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. I want to stop there because don't you just love that word, whosoever. We say it all the time. We're just a bunch of whosoever's in this building. Right there, that word puts mountain-moving faith in reach of anyone whosoever. It doesn't mean that you have to be a Bible scholar to have mountain-moving faith. It doesn't mean that you have to be rich, that you have to have some high social status. Whosoever simply means whosoever. Anything that the Lord has, all that he does is always for whosoever. And if someone tries to come in and say, oh, well, you've got to attain to this level, You've got to be saved this many years before you can expect to see this happen. Don't believe a word that that person says because that's not true. God is a whosoever God. A child, the youngest, uh, that knows right from wrong can have mountain-moving faith. Most do. I've seen kids, when they lay hands on you and pray, they just believe that it's done. You're healed. I remember my kids when they're little, I would, I would be sick or something, and they would pray for me. They'd lay their hands on me, and then they're just in my face looking at me like, are you healed? <laughs> you know? Okay, Mama, get up. Let's go run. Let's go play. You're healed. Let's go. That's childlike faith. That's the kind of faith that you and I need, that we should desire. God said it. I believe it. It's done. Let's go, right? That's the kind of faith that the Lord desires from us. Now, I want to read for just a moment from the commentary because it was so good. Um, and why come up with something else when it's already this good? Again, that means that whatever problem may be affecting you, if proper faith in God is enjoined, the first step to the road of victory can begin instantly. It just takes faith. See, when Jesus said, whosoever, then you should say, that means me. Anytime you see the word whosoever in the word of God, that means me. I'm a whosoever. And God's promises are for whosoever will. Every single one of them, right where you are at this very moment in your life. All that he requires is that you give your heart to him. You're whosoever. And now all the benefits of Calvary 
are now made available to you. Simple faith. How do you get saved? Simple faith in Jesus Christ. You didn't have to sit out there and figure it all out before you came and knelt at an altar or wherever you were when you gave your heart to the Lord. Thank the Lord because none of us can figure it all out. But it was that simple faith that that brought about that conviction on your heart that led to repentance and then salvation. And that's the greatest miracle of all. So if you can believe him for your soul, think about it. If you can believe him and trust him with your soul for eternity, surely we can believe him to pay the power bill. (laughs) Those small things that the enemy likes to get us all in a tizzy over. Lord, I just don't know how it's going to happen. I just don't know how. If you find yourself saying those things, Lord, I don't know how it's going to work out. I just don't know how. He's standing there. I know. (laughs) I know how. (laughs) Let me do it for you. Now, that's not saying you go out and do crazy things and spend money you don't have. (laughs) But no, if you are truly relying on the Lord, he will always make a way. He will always make a way. He comes through time and time again. I've told this story, and I'm going to tell it again tonight. When I was a baby, my parents, bless their hearts, they didn't have much money. And uh, my mom going home knew we needed to take a bath. And she knew they didn't have any soap. And she was so worried. Well, how are we going to take a bath? We don't have any soap. And at that time, they still sent out little samples in the mail. And wouldn't you know it, she went to the mailbox, opened it up, and there was a sample of ivory soap in the mailbox. Don't tell me God doesn't care for his children. All the way down to a little bar of soap. He always makes a way. We could probably go around the room tonight and and everyone could share of how the Lord made a way. I'm going to tell you, those are faith stories that should grow your faith, strengthen your faith. And that's why we need to be sharing our testimony with one another. We need to be sharing and talking about the goodness of God, the great things that he's done in our life. If you watched our Bible study on Tuesday morning, that's what we talked about. The greatest witness is your life. And you allowing the Lord to work in and through your life because a changed life is the greatest testimony, the greatest witness that one could ever have. So we need to begin sharing and talking, giving those faith talks to one another. I used to love to hear stories from missionaries, and they would share things that were going on in third world countries and and how just the miraculous would happen. And I finally got to an age and was like, Lord, do it here. I'm believing you to do those things here. It's great that they're happening over there, but I want them here. And that's what he's looking for, just someone to believe that he will do those things here. He longs to do those things. Now, I just want to break it down. The next part of that verse says, shall say. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say. Now, this is important because these two words proclaim to us the power 
of proper confession based on the word of God. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't think I'm promoting name it and claim it. Because that's not what I'm saying. Oh, Lord, I'm claiming a new vehicle. I'm claiming a new house. I'm claiming this, claiming that. No, I'm talking about proper confession. See, God has given each one of us a tongue, right? Which is fueled by the mind and the heart. That's what it's fueled by. Whatever we say shows where our faith actually is and the direction we are headed. See, faith always speaks. It doesn't remain silent. Faith speaks. If there is a time in this world where faith needs to be speaking, it's now. We need to be speaking faith right now more than ever. What does faith say? Well, it actually says two things. One, it says what the Word of God says, and two, how it applies to our need, which falls in line with the will of God. So what does faith sound like? What does it speak? It sounds like, thus saith the Lord. When the doctor walks in and gives you a, maybe a bad report, Thank you, doctor, but I choose to believe the word of the Lord. That's what faith says. When someone comes in and and I've lost it all, there's no hope. Well, I choose to believe the word of the Lord. Why sit downcast, oh, my soul? Put your faith in God. I lift my eyes into the hills where my help comes from. See, that's faith speaking. And that's what we've got to become, people of faith that, one, know the word and then begin to speak the word. Now, hear me again. I want to make this very clear. We are not little gods. We cannot speak things into existence. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we speak the word of God and the word does not return void. It will do what it is set forth to do if somebody's speaking crazy things declaring crazy things over your life that's not the word of god it has to line up with the word but we need to be speaking the word of god to each other to ourselves why because the word tells us that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of god How do you want your faith to increase? How do you want it to grow? Speak the word of God. Read the word of God and apply the word of God to your life. In other words, even though faith can move mountains, the Lord will not allow a mountain to be moved in such a way that it will hurt or harm somebody else. He will not allow that. So we are to confess the word of God and the will of God And if we're led by the Spirit, we will never confess anything but that which the Lord desires. Those are the only things that we will confess, that we will declare, is what the Lord desires. And I'm running out of time, and I knew I was going to do this, and I hate that it goes by so fast. The next part of this says, unto this mountain. See, Jesus chose the hardest thing that could be thought of, It's a mountain in order to describe our problems, um, things that are going on in our life. And he's describing it showing the unlimited power 
of faith in God. See that mountain? All you got to say to it is mountain be removed. That's the faith of God to be able to speak to a mountain and believe that it's going to be removed. Jesus constantly used everyday situations and things like mountains to proclaim a spiritual truth, a spiritual point. See, whatever problem that you have, it can't be larger than a mountain, right? It can't be larger than a mountain. So automatically the Lord places every single problem in the world, regardless of what it is, the situation, in the context of a possible solution. Again, in other words, all things are possible with God. With man, it's impossible. But with God, it's possible. See, if Satan can get you to think that your problem is too big, that your problem is too bad, too hard, uh, that it's beyond what the Lord can do, then he's won the battle. Basically, he's won the battle. And you can't let him do that because the Lord's showing you, if your problem's as big as this mountain, it's nothing for me. It's nothing for me. Do we believe that? We say that we do, but do we act and talk like we do? See, we, we kind of cut our feet out from under us by what comes out of our mouths all the time. If you would think about what you say and how you speak about situations in your life, if you're speaking doubt and hopelessness and doom and gloom over them, then that's what you're going to get. Why? Because that's how you're going to, that's the direction that you're going to go. But if you're declaring the word of, Lord, of the Lord and you're not accepting anything but that, victory is ahead. Victory is assured. Victory is coming. Then it goes on to say, be thou removed. See, this proclaims again the word of faith. It doesn't ask how it can be done or whether it's possible to be done. It just simply says, be done. Right? That's faith. Be done. It's, it's done. It's finished. You think of the greatest words that Jesus spoke. It is finished. When he was hanging on the cross, he did everything for us. That's how we view the mountains in our life. Be removed. Jesus has already handled it on Calvary. It's finished. Problem, you've had your time, but now it's over. It's finished. Let faith arise. Let enemies be scattered, right? It's finished. We've got to be the people of faith that will do that. Jesus tells us to continually believe him for the impossible. It goes on to say, be cast into the sea. See, such faith in God not only moves the mountain, but it puts the mountain in a place where it can't hurt anyone else. That's why it says that, to be cast into the sea, to be put into the sea where it's not going to bring harm to anyone else. See, uh, that's the reason we say that God will not be, bring something to pass for a believer that will harm others. 
that's how you know, like, if somebody's not trekking with the Lord. If it's bringing harm and destruction to people around you, that's not the Lord. That's not how the Lord operates. That's not how he works. See, when we allow the Lord to bless and move in our lives, it blesses those around us. It's that ripple effect, and I wish I could think of the, the real word, like when you throw a rock into a lake and you see the ripples that go out. That's how the Lord works in our lives. It's not just for us, but it's for those around us. That's when you know it's the Lord, when other people begin to prosper. Then it goes on to say, and shall not doubt in his heart. See, the word doubt in the Greek means to judge between two. So you have a choice tonight between faith in God and unbelief. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to believe and not doubt? Are you going to just go with doubt? Huh, I just don't see how. Don't walk out the door saying that. Don't, don't leave this place tonight with the thought of, Lord, I just don't see how. Leave in faith, full faith, that the Lord's going to work it out for you. Goes on to say, but shall believe. Not only does the person not doubt, but going back to what I said earlier, but also believes what Jesus has said. See, Jesus said if we have proper faith in God, we can say to the mountain, be thou removed into the sea, and it shall be done. We are to believe that. We're not to try to figure it out. Our brains, a lot of times, get in the way because we want to figure it out. Can I tell you that 99.99% of the times when the Lord is doing something, it does not make sense. It cannot be figured out. That is faith in what God can do. He can do it. Then it goes on to say, those things, speaking of our needs, whatever they may be, the Lord is again using a mountain as a symbol for those needs. In other words, we are to take everything to the Lord in prayer. Not just things, oh, well, don't like prioritize needs. Take them all to the Lord. He can handle it. The greatest to the smallest, whatever it may be, take all of these things, all of your needs, to the Lord in prayer. Then it goes on to say, which he says. Once again, we're told to say what we want. Brother Swaggart says it all the time. Believe God for big things. He's a big God. Oh, Lord, well, if you'll just give me barely enough to get by, I'll be happy. No, believe him for big things, for great things. He wants to bless in abundance. He came to give us an abundant life, and we are to believe him for abundance. Again, speak big things, God things out of your mouth. I put a post, and I guess I'm just going to have to end with this. On Facebook, I think it was on Monday, how the Lord says that every, I just began to think about all that had taken place. In the over the weekend of revival and in our life, and how I I kept hearing the phrase "It's bigger than me," but yes, it's bigger than me because everything that the Lord does is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. You can't 
produce salvation in your own life. You can't bring about healing in your own life. You can't bring about deliverance. Everything that the Lord does is bigger than me. So I ended that post with, Lord, I'm believing you to do big things, God things in my life, in my family's life, in the life of this church. Why? Because I had nothing to do with it, Lord. I just simply believed. I just simply believed that you can, but in that you will. You're going to do big things in my life, in my family's life, in the life of this church. We've got to believe him for those things because if not, we're just going to cruise through. I want to see God move in impossible situations. I want to see him like Brother Torrance and, and Jason. And was that not the Lord saying, I've never seen it done in this fashion before, how the Lord just brought that out to both of them? I want to leave services saying, I've never seen anything like that. And I know it was you, Lord, because I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have made that happen. I know it was you, just like the disciples looking at that fig tree. Oh, they had seen trees that had died before, but never like that. Never withered from the roots up. And I don't have time to get into it, but I want you to know that the Lord is always concerned with the root of our problems. And it's always sin. It's always self. And that's what he attacks first is the root, and if we can get sin dealt with, which it was over 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, if we will allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cover us and deal with the root of the problem, then everything else is going to work out. We can begin to look at those mountains and tell them to be removed, to be cast into the sea, and they will. They will. So tonight, I know Every person in this house has got impossibilities before you. Maybe it's a, a lost loved one. Maybe it's a financial situation. Whatever it may be, it's a mountain. And, and you just want it to be gone. Well, let faith arise. Let faith arise and speak to that mountain, not from a place of, of selfishness, self-righteousness, but from a place of being hidden in Christ, speaking power, speaking the word of Almighty God, and just watch him work. Just watch him move that mountain. Tonight, if you'll stand to your feet, I believe Noah has a song that he's going to, to play. I'm just going to ask you to respond to the drawing of the Lord. And there's no mountain too big or too small. Oh, well, mine's not really a mountain. That's the devil in your ear right now. See, mountains didn't just all of a sudden happen. It, it happens kind of over uh, a time. And we need to take each and every one of them to the Lord. So tonight as the music plays, I want you to come with the mountain in your mind. And I want you to speak faith to that mountain and believe the Lord to move it tonight. Amen. So won't you come?
The number one tactic of the enemy is to get you to stop. Stop believing. Stop praying. Stop exhibiting faith. But the word tells us the exact opposite. It tells us to pray without ceasing. We don't stop. We never stop believing. We never stop praying. You hold on. You keep on. You call those things that aren't as though they are. You call them by faith in Jesus Christ. And if we will continue to believe, he will do his work. He will always do his work. We've got to be faithful to do ours, to simply believe. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for your word that's gone forth. Lord, I pray that it continue, Lord, to sink deep in our hearts, Lord, stirring up childlike faith, Lord, to believe you against all odds, to believe you against everything that we see, that we hear, that we feel, Lord. We believe you. We believe your word, God. That's it, and that's all, Lord. God, give us faith to believe you for the impossible, Lord. We know you can but Lord, do it. Give us faith to just come in expecting, Lord, for it to be done. 
whatever it may be, Lord, when we go home, we expect it to be done in Jesus' name. We expect to receive a phone call, Lord, that it's done, that it's over, that it's finished. In Jesus' name, Lord, do it, Lord. That's the kind of faith, Lord, that's rising up, Lord. The faith of God that looked down on this fallen world but had faith that this one would say yes, that this one would say yes, Lord. Even though it didn't look like it, Lord. Even though our lives didn't look like it, Lord. Oh, let us have your faith, Lord. Faith to move mountains, God. We thank you, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I feel that. I believe that. There's going to be some testimonies coming in soon. That it hadn't looked like it for a long time. But tonight, something happened. Something changed in Jesus' name. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Please come out and be with us Sunday 